0: Welcome to Women Waken, a podcast that helps you heal spiritually from trauma in relationships, childhood, early life conditioning, to shift from a place of codependency to a state of divine feminine love, acceptance, harmony, and abundance. On Women Waken, we begin the journey to waken from the illusion of needing to prove our worth into the divine experience of knowing our worth. I'm your host, Whitney Walker. I'm a licensed mental health therapist, and I specialize in substance abuse, addiction, eating disorders, trauma, and spirituality. I'm also a fellow human being who has faced most of the issues that I address on this show. On today's Identify and Heal solo episode, I'm exploring the concept of why do so many of us believe that we are unlovable? And why do we so often ask for love from people who can't or don't want to give it to us? So take a listen and enjoy. Hey everybody. Whitney here with a Identify and Heal solo episode. And today, I'm asking the question, of why do so many of us believe that we are unlovable and why do we often ask for love from people who are unable to or don't want to give it to us they kind of go hand in hand those of us who don't believe that we're lovable will often seek or try to get love from a source that has no real interest or ability to do so. Why is this? Where in the world does this come from? Why would we ever think that we, a unique divine being is unlovable, yet it's almost a epidemic in our world of people believing that they are either unlovable, unworthy, not good enough, they don't matter. I talk about this a lot, on this podcast because I believe it is pivotal to the change that needs to happen or even leave out the word need that can happen. We don't have to keep living this way where the majority of us see significant deficits in ourselves rather than seeing our true inherent eternal value, our love, our light, our true everlasting soul. So where does this come from? Why do we exist in a society, in a world where the sort of status quo, the typical state of a lot of people is to believe that they're unlovable? Well, as you've probably heard before, a lot of it comes from early life, from childhood. It's those first few fundamental years that we establish a lot of our core beliefs, understandings about ourselves. Through potential childhood neglect, abuse, or trauma, at a fundamental level, we can come to believe and understand that we are not worthy of being cared for, of feeling safe and secure, of being loved. So at a cellular level, we have this sense that we are not lovable and we will carry that on into our life. The things that happen to us in childhood are very paramount to how we experience ourselves the rest of our lives. And if we are neglected in any way, emotionally, physically, we don't have the advanced mindset, cognition to ask questions to explore and say, maybe this doesn't have anything to do with me. We just inherently incorporate it in our understanding of life and ourselves. That's why the first few years are so pivotal. We are gaining data and information mentally, physically, emotionally about life and us. We come to conclusions and we keep them. They stick with us very strongly because they're the very first layers of understanding and knowledge that we have. So we carry them with us. It can also be established over time throughout life. Rejection is a big contributor to feeling that we are not lovable. If we enter into grade school, high school, and we are bullied, rejected by our peers, taunted by our peers, not welcomed into social circles, it is extremely detrimental to our emotional survival and well-being when we are rejected by peers. I've spoken to this on the show a lot, that it's vastly underestimated just how impactful peer rejection is at a young age. Elementary school, middle school, high school, and those are tough times. A lot of us experience rejection and those challenges of where do I fit in? I had so much of that. Where is my group? I was one of those girls that for a while in seventh grade hid in the bathroom stall during locker break. Cause I was like, I don't know where the heck to go. I don't have friends. And I would go and try and hang out with random groups, and they would either make fun of me or say weird things or rude things. And I was like, well, I don't expose myself to that. It's not fun. And those create ideas about wow, I guess I'm there's something wrong. We can't help but ask ourselves at those ages is there something wrong with me? Why am I not like those people who seem to be really popular and everybody likes them? Why am I not making a lot of friends? Why aren't people interested in me in this way? Or if you're being bullied, it's like, why am I being rejected? Again, even at that age, middle school, high school, we don't have the sense of self yet. We don't have that worth and value that's built up to tell us, hey, it's okay. It's okay whether these people don't like me, those people do. I am me. How I am is great and fantastic. Just as I am, I'm safe and secure. I don't need anything else to define that or to make that true. It just is. We are not given that message. From the second we're born, we are told, you need this, that, and the other thing in this world to be safe, to be secure, to be considered of value, of worth. Those are the primary messages. I'm not saying that we don't all have loving parents who tell us that they love us and that we are perfect how we are, but all you have to do is step outside the house. Even if you have a stable household, a loving household, positive messaging in your household, the world might tell you otherwise. And again, it's hard. It's like going out like a turtle without a shell. You're like, I got this, I'm in the world. Isn't this fun? Until you get freaking pelted by the challenges of life. So these are where these beliefs start. My hope is that most people don't experience this and don't have this sense that they are unlovable. I'm doing this episode because I believe a lot of us have that experience and hold that belief, whether we're aware of it or not. So I'm offering this in case some of the things I speak to cause a light bulb to come open and say, oh, wow, maybe that's why I choose unavailable partners. Maybe that's why I always feel like I'm trying to get someone to love me, to prove their love to me, that I'm trying to prove that I can get someone to love me. These are the patterns and the actions that we resort to when we feel this terrible fear that we are not lovable. It happens in early childhood from our parents, from how we're raised by our caregivers. It happens during our childhood into young adult years. Whether we're accepted or rejected by peers, how we're treated by siblings, those around us, just society in general. So, those are things to keep in mind to ask yourself, huh? Did I have any of these experiences in my early years? Do these seem to be impacting me? This can lead to that sense of being unlovable. And I felt like this was an important topic because when you feel that you are not lovable, it affects every aspect of your life, because the truth is that every human is love. They're an expression of love into the universe. That's why we're here. We're a soul. When we don't believe that we are literally disconnecting ourselves from our ultimate truth about who we are, about what we're meant for and what we inherently deserve to experience. So we start to cut ourselves off From that truth which can lead us down tricky paths this is what leads people into addiction this is what leads people into unhealthy toxic relationships if you don't know your worth and value because you think you're unlovable how are you going to ask somebody to treat you well how are you going to connect naturally with people who will give you love when you don't believe that you're lovable That leads me to my next question for this episode. Why do we often ask for love from people who can't or don't want to give it to us? Well, if you find yourself in those positions, it's probably because you might have some of that inner deep core belief that you're unlovable because if you know your full worth and you know that you're lovable, it also means that you love yourself. That's the very first paramount part. You love yourself. And because you love yourself, you know that you are lovable. You cannot give what you don't have. And you cannot receive what you have. It goes both ways because it's a reciprocal thing. To receive love, you must know that you have it. Otherwise, you're not going to see it for what it is. You're not going to believe that you can have it because you don't think you do. You're gonna block it. You're gonna be like, "Mm." there's a beautiful quote from the book, Perks of Being a Wallflower, that says you accept the love that you think you deserve. If you think you are unlovable, then you will not accept love at all. If you think you are not worthy or not have no value, then you'll accept low-level love, which isn't really even love. Usually it comes in a form of deception, manipulation, control. Something that can feel like love in a way because it can happen in relation with another, in connection. But rather than love, it's just a means of having exchanges, relations with somebody where it's conditional, transactional, right? Okay, we're dating. I'll say that I love you, but really... That's a conditional statement based on how you make me feel, how what I get from you, right? Which is par- fairly commonplace. So you accept the love you think you deserve. It's imperative that you believe that you're lovable to have a healthy relationship, to find what I would call a soulmate, a true soul partner. Because I spoke of this in my episode about be in the energy you want to attract. And a couple episodes I've spoken to this, that you need to be in the energy of what you want to receive. Because again, if you don't believe that you're lovable, it's as if you are a lighthouse that has, doesn't have your light on in order for a true soul partner to see you, you have to have your light on. They have to be able to, because if you're hiding yourself in the dark, They can't see you and you will attract others who don't have their light on, who are just looking for that harbor to come into, not caring what actual kind of light, eminence, essence they are. They'll take anything that feels some sort of safety, security that they can use. Remember that you have to have your light on to truly attract someone who can see you. How can they see you if they're... If you're not illuminating yourself, if you're not lit up, if your light's not on, they're never going to see that lighthouse that you are. So we have to believe that we're lovable in order to attract somebody who will love us. When we do not, when we believe we're not lovable, that's when we ask for love from people who can't give it to us or don't want to. My friend and I were t- talking on a hike the other day about these situations that we've both been in, where we started seeing somebody and it became that consistent feeling of you're trying to, okay, well, they haven't texted for a few days, so I'll just reach out and see, okay, I'll I'll get this started again. I'll stoke the fire. I'll make this advance, this effort. And then you realize I'm doing all the work here. And then you have to ask that unfortunate question of maybe they're just not that interested. And some of us will think that if we push enough try enough, we can become appealing to them. And then they'll start giving us more time and attention and making more of an effort. But the truth is, as I've also spoken about in another episode, we are not for everybody. And to most people, we will be invisible because even if we have decided that we are lovable and we turn our lighthouse on, those who cannot see our soul because they're not soul companions will not still, will still not see us for who we are. They could. We could have the most incredible essence, aura, brilliance, radiance. And somebody who isn't at that level and can't see our light will still just be coming in because, again, we're a safe, accessible place for them to come and use to land for a while. We have to believe that we're lovable so that we attract the energy that we want. So these people that we're asking for love, who can't or don't want to give it to us. It's because they cannot see us. Yet if we are in a state of believing that we are not lovable, we will beg them, do anything we can to try and get them to love me. It'll heal this hole in me that believes I'm not lovable. My friend sent me a Meme from Instagram that says, in a room full of a thousand people who want to love us, we find the one who isn't sure. So I don't know if there's going to be a hundred people who want to love you, maybe friends and family and such, but we're going to, that's pretty much just what I was saying. We're going to find the one person where we say, huh, I bet they wouldn't, I bet they don't think I'm good enough or pretty enough, attractive enough, whatever, tall enough, short enough, bam, bam, bam. I'm not enough for them. So here I go making a beeline for them because guess what? If I can win them over, maybe that'll fix this. Maybe I'll finally be able to believe that I'm lovable. So we will do this over and over again, this cycle, this pointless cycle that has no resolution to it. It's just revolving around and around and around because we can't ask somebody to love us. Love is the most natural thing in the world. Love is unconditional. It's pure. When two people truly connect lovingly, it's effortless. There's no really thinking involved. It's feelings. You feel safe with them. You feel seen and heard with them. You enjoy and feel comfortable in their energy. However, these are also states that we reach when we're in a secure place. I did an episode on attachment styles. When we are not secure with ourselves, then feeling safe and comfortable with somebody doesn't feel right because we're used to feeling anxious or avoidant in relationships. So it does take some work. And again, that's why I'm offering this because I think that a lot of people can relate to why am I stuck in this place where I seem to be so intrigued and want to jump after these people who can't or do not want to offer me love? And if I see someone or if someone indicates that they actually want to give me love, I run for the hills or I say, "Ick, oh, they actually like me. They're actually being nice. They just want to love me just from knowing me, not conditionally. No, oh, how am I going to win that situation? It's a, it's a winning thing where if we're in the mindset of being unlovable, then any relationship needs to feel like a win or a loss, which is not love. Love is that again, which is unconditional. It's not about winning or losing. It's just about pure exchange and sharing of energy. When we take it to the place of winning or losing, either they love me or they don't. Either they approve of me or they don't. Either they make me feel valued, valuable, good enough, or they don't. And so we can be invested in that game. It's an addiction. I speak of love addiction. It's the same thing. We do anything because it's a roll of the dice. We might get a certain experience, that addiction to chaos, that addiction to excitement. I've talked about all these things because they're all very prevalent in our world because we don't know our value and we don't know our worth. Not inherently. Why? Why are we still living this way? It's the most unnatural state to be in because, again, human beings are inherently of The almighty, ultimate, infinite universe, which is made of love. We are a piece of it. If we are a piece of infinite love, how could we not be lovable? We are. Where did we go wrong? We got messaging that was not true and we took it for gospel. We said, this is fundamentally true about me and I'm going to hold it right here because this feels so terrible. I don't want more of it. So I'm going to have a big old wound and block to it and I'm going to try to keep myself safe from it. And ironically, that trying to keep ourselves safe perpetuates this cycle for the rest of our life until we have that aha moment and say, oh my gosh, maybe it's not true. Maybe it's not true that I'm unlovable. And maybe trying to heal this wound and change this core false belief through other people is a fruitless pursuit. It's not going to ever get me what I want. The only thing that will change these patterns, change this belief is me and asking the big question of why, why do I think that I'm unlovable? What is it about me? And that's where a therapist can come in. That's where a coach can come in. That's where deep soul work, body work, emotional work, because these things live at every level of ourselves. They live within us. And it's so painful to live this way. I've lived it most of my life. That's why I do the work that I do and why I'm speaking to you now. And I will speak, speak, speak for the rest of my life because I do believe this is a time of fundamental change for human beings to finally come forward and pronounce and announce and declare I am lovable. I am a value. I'm of worth just as I am. And I don't ever have to have that horrendous feeling that I am not one with the infinite divine love that is you are we are so ask yourself if you are right now talking to somebody and you're in that situationship state where you're texting them and sometimes they take a few hours to respond or maybe a few days and it's pretty dismissive and they're not following up and they're not asking you out so you're beginning to feel that sense of rejection and maybe you're starting to ask yourself what's wrong with me what is it is it my hair is it my body is it my laugh is it my voice My job's not impressive. What is it? Why are they blowing me off? It's because they can't see you. They can't see your essence. They can't see your radiance. So move on. But rather than doing that, most of us will try and chase because we want so desperately to prove to ourselves I can get their approval. If I can get them to sign off on me being lovable, then maybe I can win. And maybe this pain can go away. This wound can finally heal. They cannot heal it. Nobody can heal your wound, especially somebody who's questioning whether or not they even want to invest any time in you. There are people out there who will see your light and love you. You will not be able to receive those people until you love yourself. Begin the work, begin to heal so that you can love yourself and you can save yourself these distractions, these detours, these painful experiences. It is so degrading to beg someone to love you. My friend used the analogy that she was seeing this guy and he they had a great date together, they were sleeping together, having a fun time. She thought it was great sex, great time. He blew her off. She was like, "What the heck? We're having a good time. We had good sex. He said nice things. He seemed to enjoy it. What the hell went wrong?" And so she reached out and was like, "Hey, what's the deal?" And she used the analogy that she was sitting at a table with him and she had served him up this big buffet and was like, this is great food. Why don't you want to eat it? Eat it. Eat the food. I made it for you. Why don't you want it? She's begging him. And it's such a great analogy because that's what we do, right? When somebody's like, no, thanks. I don't really want any more of this. And we're like, what? Why not? Why don't you want this? It's a beautiful feast. It's because they can't see you. It's because they're not for you. It's because you don't love yourself, and I'm not saying if you love yourself that this individual who's rejecting you would like you. It's it's possible, because even people. I've, here's another thing. My friend told me this the other day. She is now with a true soul partner, super happy, healthiest healthiest relationship she's been with. When she first met him, she was not yet healed. She was still in her process, and they were friends for six months. They were friends. They went to the same gym together and they would, and she would notice him from afar and be like, oh my God, he is so sexy. Why isn't he asking for my number? And she would kind of try and flirt a little bit, but she was solid with herself and knowing that she was still in her healing. And she intuitively knew I can't pursue him. I have to wait. And he didn't pursue her. He didn't. Time went on, time went on. And then six months later, they were having a conversation one day and he said, can I have your number? Men are intuitive too. I've spoken to that. They are, whether you you know it or not, they have a sense often of where women are with themselves, which you have to watch out for because some people are predators and will prey on women that they can tell are lacking confidence, believe they're unlovable because they'll swoop in and know the right things to say, to love bomb or to seduce them or to entice them and, you know, sort of lure them in. And then they'll get them under their thumb because that person who believes they're unlovable will say, oh my gosh, he's interested in me. I can't believe it. I didn't think he would be. He wants to love me. But then they don't want to love you. And they'll just string you along. And they'll have sex with you. And maybe they'll spend some time with you, but they're not actually willing to connect with you and love you. And that's a brutal situation to be in that can last for years, if not decades. It happens all the time. Because that sort of... Soothing to our wounds feels like the best thing ever in that moment, but it's ephemeral in those kind of situations. It lasts as long as they're giving you attention, it lasts as long as they're asking you to go on this little weekend trip with them or to come meet their parents. But then they pull away, and then you find out they're talking to someone else, and then they tell you that they like you, but they're just not sure that they actually want to move forward with you. It's brutal. But we will get sucked into that if we don't know that we're lovable. We have to be in our energy. So that was a segue, but I was saying that men are intuitive. They can sense when a woman is vulnerable. Look out for that. Look out for love bombing. I should do it. I'll do a episode on that sort of thing where men and or in relationships doesn't just have to be men. Both people can do it. All sexes, all genders can play these games. We got to be wary. But men can also be intuitive about, about when a woman is ready to receive a healthy love. Healthy men know that healthy, stable men who are in their divine masculine can intuitively know when a woman is fully embodied and attuned with herself and not in that place of lack and questioning of am i lovable? or straight up saying, I am not lovable, so I need someone else to fill it. A stable, healthy man doesn't wanna be with someone like that, because they can see it. They can see, oh, this woman wants to play games. She wants me to fill her cup and make her feel better about herself. And I hope that she finds her way, but that's not the partner I'm looking for. But in my friend's situation, when she leveled up, she was doing well, she was honest, open with him, but true to herself, and that's when he came around and said, hey, I'd like to take you out. And they've been together ever since, and they're very happy. It is possible for you, whoever is listening, if you are in that place and you're like, oh shit, yeah, I don't believe I'm lovable. So many things you can do. But it starts with identifying. That's why these episodes, Identify and Heal. You have to have that moment where you say, oh, that's why I continue these cycles of unhealthy, dead-end relationships. I'm a part of the problem. I am the one that's contributing to this just as much as they are. Recognize what that feels like in your body. And if you can't sense it, then think of a time in your life where you had that pit in your stomach that brought back childhood traumas, childhood memories, where you felt like this abandoned child or this neglected or abused or hurt child. It feels terrible. You feel so alone. You feel so worthless. I remember when I was younger, I always would walk around feeling like I was six feet below everybody else. Like everybody else had it together and they were worthy and they were lovable, but I was down here and I just wasn't like them. And I just didn't have what they had to be loved, to be accepted, to belong, to be popular. I felt cast out. I felt less than. And it's taken years and years and years and years of work. It might not for you. I'm not saying it's going to take that long. Everybody's path is different. For some people, it just takes the light bulb moment to hear this and say, oh my gosh, that's what it is. Let's get to work. Let's start seeing how I can address these wounds, have self love practices. One of the biggest things to self love is not necessarily what you do, but it's what you don't do. You honor yourself. And by honoring yourself, you do not engage in behaviors that are disrespectful to yourself, that lead you to betray, abandon yourself, that lead you to compromise yourself. Like trying to find that one person in the room who doesn't want to love you and marching right over and saying, I'm going to make you love me. I'm going to give you my number and you're going to call when you feel like it and you're going to ask me out on a half ass date and I'm going to try and win you over because I like your disinterest. It matches my energy. Let's go. It's going to fix me. Be patient with yourself. It takes time. If you need a few go-arounds, you need a few more go-arounds. But just give it a thought if this resonates. What is my fundamental belief about myself? Do I believe I'm lovable? How do I know? Well, do you value yourself? Do you think you deserve to be treated with respect, with kindness, with compassion? to feel secure and safe in someone's presence, to be seen and heard. That is what we do when we love someone. Do you believe you're lovable? Do you believe you deserve those things? The biggest indicator of that is how we act. We might say, yeah, I do. But then again, somebody comes along and they show a little bit of interest. But you realize that those different traits I mentioned begin to be compromised. They're not being very respectful of my time. They're not being very considerate with the things they say to me. They're not showing much interest. They don't really seem to see me. They don't really seem to actually hear me or listen when I talk. But we can be really good at making exceptions about tolerating poor behavior, especially if it comes in small increments until we realize that we have landed flat into an unhealthy relationship that does not honor ourselves. Honoring ourselves has to do in every sphere of our life. Do we honor ourselves in how we treat our bodies? Do we move our bodies? Do we consume things that keep our body healthy and well and vibrant? Do we work somewhere where we feel that we are seen, that we are appreciated for our work and what we bring to the table? Or do we compromise and say, oh, well, I feel like nobody ever really gives me any credit and doesn't recognize me for what I do, but it's fine because this pays the bills and it's a good job. We're not honoring our soul. That's when work becomes, as they say, soul sucking because we're doing it because we think we have to, but it's tearing us down. It can happen with our family. If our family doesn't honor us, doesn't really see us, doesn't appreciate us. But we keep going back to them and family events and family functions because it's our family and you have to be loyal to your family. Do you have to be loyal to people who are disrespectful to you, who treat you poorly? Do you have to just because they're family? Can you not honor yourself enough to take space? Doesn't mean you have to write everybody off, but space and time can be important in seeing how do you feel? Do these situations, your family, your work, Your relationship with your body and your health, your relationships romantically, do they contribute to you honoring and feeling loved and honoring and loving yourself? These are the questions to start asking. If you're ready to begin that journey of switching from the belief that you are unlovable and will chase after anything that might be able to flip that switch for you. So you can finally say, oh my God, okay, well, he approves of me he wants to pursue me. So that must mean I'm lovable. It's never going to work that way because that is akin to any addiction. It's all a bottomless pit. If one man approves of you, it's not going to be enough. You're going to say, okay, I got him. What about, but what about this? What about that? If you have decided that you are unlovable, nothing will change that except for you changing that belief. Again, like that quote, that meme You can have a hundred people who love you and one person who doesn't, and you're always going to look for that one. It's the same with being attractive enough of being successful enough. You'll say, yeah, well, I did this. Yeah. Well, this person said this nice compliment, but what about that one? Or what about that other person who's more impressive or more attractive? It's a bottomless bucket. These externals, they do not satiate the soul. Only we can do that. Only we can decide that we're actually going to take in and truly consume and integrate And be satiated it's an inside job but the truth is that it's already right in there that infinite unconditional love is living within you every second of every moment from the beginning of time until the end of time you just have to access it you access it by figuring out practices of self-love that unlock that lock that you put on your heart when things happen to you in your childhood, in infancy, in middle school, in high school that made you make this declaration of this hurts so fucking bad. I will do anything to avoid it in the future. So if I declare that I'm unlovable, then nobody else can get the upper hand. I'm saying it first. Nobody, if anybody rejects me, I won't care because I've already rejected myself. So go for it. That keeps us closed off with a closed heart, with a lock on our self-love. When we find the key and open that lock ourselves, nobody else can do it. That person deciding they want to date you is not going to open that lock. We think it will. That's why we chase after people who cannot or do not want to love us because those people seem like the key. If they're being weird about this, if they're not wanting to love me, then surely getting them to love me will fix this. It will not. And only when you unlock that yourself will you find true love, love that is without condition. Love that truly sees you and that you can see them because guess what? Also, when we don't love ourselves, we cannot really see the love in another because we're too blinded with our own detriment of feeling unlovable, which is a horrible feeling. All right, everybody. I hope that this was helpful. I hope that from this, you're able, if it resonates, to begin to consider if this is a core belief. Of yours, how it's affecting your life. And if you're ready, how can you begin a practice of self love that starts with honoring yourself? Just ask yourself that. Everything you do, try this today. This is your assignment. Whoever is listening, ask yourself Is this honoring me? Is this honoring myself? I want to pick up the phone and call this person. Is this honoring me? I want to skip my workout and just go watch TV. Is this honoring me? I'm not saying it doesn't, sometimes we need self care and rest, right? but only you can know that. Well, I actually have some energy. I just don't feel like doing it. Sometimes when we're not engaging in things that are good for us, it's because we've lost almost a will to live because we feel so bad about ourselves in our life. So we have to find ways to cultivate and build that self-love, have practices that honor ourselves, that honor who we are, that say, I will not tolerate or accept or engage in anything That does not honor me, and see what that is for you. Develop your own practices that feel good to you, that make you see your value. Have you ever gotten a compliment and you kind of like had this like burst of energy? energy? You're like, "Oh wow, yeah, I did do really well at that. That was great." Go with that, not just the compliment, because we don't get to get want to get attached to compliments. They're great. If we love ourselves already, but again, if we're using compliments to to try and get self-love, it ain't gonna happen, it ain't gonna sustain it. But tap into that, like, who are you? What are your strengths? What are your powers? What are your abilities? See yourself for who you really are. We discount ourselves so much. We minimize ourselves, we make ourselves small. You are a powerful, amazing, remarkable, unique being. You are a spark of the divine. You are a fucking light into this world. Turn your lighthouse on and realize that and do everything in your power to connect with that knowing and to honor the divine within you and let it come out. If we really knew who we were, we would never engage in things that hurt us. We would never for another second question our worth and value. Again, I hope this was helpful. Please do try these practices. Please do begin to notice. That's what I was going to say is that the first step is identifying. And if you find yourself dishonoring yourself, the begin to observe, identify it, and then become almost like an observer or detective. Notice what you're doing without judgment. Maybe you're about to pick up the phone and you're like, oh wait, why am I texting this guy? He clearly is blowing me off. This isn't really honoring myself. And let's say you do it anyways. Okay, then observe that and check in be like, okay, I'm gonna do it. I'm not gonna not do it, I'm not there yet, but why am I doing it? what am I trying to get from this? Why do I feel a desire to text someone who has shown a lack of interest in me, a lack of effort? Why? And if you feel in, you'll know that it's because you're looking to gain something from them that maybe if they text you back, it'll bring this sense of, okay, maybe I'm good enough, which shows, okay, well then I must not believe I'm good enough because otherwise I wouldn't be asking this dude for it, this girl for it. So be patient with yourself, allow for the process. Observing without judgment is a powerful first step. It's the first part of the path towards self love because we're not, we can't just expect to break habits really quickly. There's a beautiful uh, quote from Shakespeare that says uh, something along the lines of I pity the person who without patience, what wound did heal without degrees. Habits don't change overnight. You have to be patient with them. You have to allow wounds to heal. You can't just say, okay, then I'll never make bad decisions again. You're going to make poor decisions that don't honor yourself. But if you can observe them without judgment, because then if we judge ourselves, then we just get even more down on ourselves, right? Like, oh, God damn it. I'm trying to find validation again. I knew it. I suck. I might as well also skip the gym and also not do my evening sacred self-love ritual because I messed up. no. It's by degrees that we heal habits were formed over time. They become strong, like a spider's web woven and woven until spider's web can be strong as steel. So it's going to take time with all that weaving that's been done over long periods. So be patient, be kind, trust the process. If you need it, get a coach Reach out to find a therapist. I'm a therapist. If you're in California, call me, I can work with you. Things can help you. There are resources out there to help you along this journey to recognize that you are lovable and that you can stop asking for love from people who can't or don't want to give it to you. Okay. Now I'm really done. Thank you all so much for listening. Have a great day. That wraps up our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening to Women Waken. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others and come back for more. If you'd like to connect with the Women Waken community, you can find us on Instagram at Women Waken. And if you follow Women Waken, you can get a free tarot card reading if you just send a DM. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and don't forget to let your unique light shine into this world.